0: We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today we're going to be looking into a new chapter in the exciting book of acts and we are moving right ahead now into acts chapter number 19 if you are with us in our studies up to this point then you know that we really spent a lot of time in Acts chapter 18. In fact, I think we did 15 or so studies just out of that 18th chapter. And so now I am looking forward to getting into the content of Acts chapter number 19 as we are with the Apostle Paul as he is involved in the ministry and he is going to come now to the city of Ephesus. Now some of these cities that Paul labors in, uh, they might seem a little obscure to the casual Christian, uh, the casual Bible. And that could be the case with many, really, of the stops mentioned on Paul's missionary journeys, but not Ephesus, probably. We, <coughs> excuse me, we probably know more about the city of Ephesus, uh, just in the casual realm, than we do other cities, because there is a letter, of course, written to the church in Ephesus by Paul. We understand that Timothy pastored the church there in Ephesus. Uh, John the Beloved was there at the church in Ephesus. Uh, Apollos, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, other people, uh, made their way through Ephesus. In Revelation, Jesus penned a letter to it's dictated really a letter to John to write down and then John to deliver to the pastor of the church in Ephesus. So it's a prominent place. And we're going to talk a little bit about the city of Ephesus and then about Paul's ministry there. And in Acts chapter 19, really the overlying theme is it's everywhere Paul goes, it's revival. Or riot, and we're going to see that take place here, uh, both a little bit in this chapter. Now, let's begin. Actually, let me say this: If you have missed any of the prior Bible studies, they're available for you via our podcast, Spotify, and uh, iTunes, and any podcast platform. You can find Striving for Revival and become a, a podcast subscriber. I would just I just traveled last week to another church in another area, and. I would say, double digits. I don't know the exact number, but over 10 people came to me and said, we listened to your podcast and appreciate your study, and we're right there with you right now. And some of them say, I'm I'm in 1 Corinthians because we did that book uh, prior to this, and they're listening to it on the podcast. And so I want to encourage you to do the same, and that way you can study with me. You can listen anytime that you want, and you can re-listen to those that you might have uh, listened to and thought, you know what, I'd kind of like to hear that again. All of that is there on the podcast, and it's a tool you can use. Also, we're on the NVBC app, and the NVBC app is available through the Apple App Store, and you can download our app, and then all of the content that we produce uh, here at North Valley Baptist Church, all of the media is there in one spot via the app. All right, verse number one. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples there. All right, so here it is. Paul is on his third missionary journey. He's gone through the interior provinces of Asia, which the Bible refers to as the upper coasts, and now he's arrived in this city of Ephesus. The first people he contacts there are believers. There are disciples there. Now, it doesn't say it, but probably he would live and work with uh, Priscilla and Aquila during his stay in Ephesus. And I I actually just taught this in my Sunday school class not long ago. Uh, You'll see Paul's heart heart poured out in Acts chapter 20 as he addresses the Ephesian elders for the last time, and he gives a... uh, really a past, present, and future uh, report on the ministry, and so Paul really loved this church here in Ephesus, uh, and he shows that by his labor there, his time spent there, also the fact he would send Timothy there to be the pastor, and so Paul cared a lot about these Christians in Ephesus. So anyway, let's go on and read verse number two. He said unto them, have you received the the holy ghost since you believed so he found some disciples there and he asks them this question he said unto them have you received the holy ghost since you believed and they said unto him we have not so much as heard whether there be any holy ghost Now, that seems striking to us, because we have a Bible, and we are used to New Testament preaching, and we are well aware that when somebody is born again, that they are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. In fact, they are born again by the Spirit of God. And we know all these things, but these people are living in a day of incomplete revelation, uh, an incomplete canon of Scripture, and they are walking in what light that they have. Light is continually being revealed. It's sort of like if you stay in a hotel room and have those blackout blinds, and you can pull the blind back little by little with the with the uh, chain. And so here we just see a little bit of light slowly creeping in, and continually that chain is being pulled until the completion of the Bible where all the light comes forth. But right now, these believers, these disciples, they don't even know what he's talking about. So Apollos had preached what they believed, and they were disciples of John the Baptist, we'll find. And these men uh, have uh, a, a knowledge, but it's seems complete verse 3 says and he said unto them unto what then were you baptized and they said unto john's baptism now you remember the ministry of john the baptist john the baptist came as a forerunner of the lord jesus christ he is that new testament uh, isaiah or elijah if you want to call it. he's that really a prophet and he's saying make the paths of the lord straight and so he's preaching repentance and getting right with God and that the kingdom of God is at hand. He gets to reveal that Christ is the Lamb of God, and he's baptizing these who would repent and uh, live this life so that the, uh, they would please the Messiah when he would come. So they've been baptized and follow the example uh, of, of 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 John the Baptist. They were baptized by immersion, just like Jesus was. Uh, John had denounced the sins of his generation. He warned of the judgment that was coming. He urged people to repent, to look for the Messiah. And these men in Ephesus subscribed to all of those doctrines. They had high moral standards. They uh, governed their conduct with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Even though they didn't know there was a Holy Spirit, they lived a spiritual life. Uh, But there was something that they weren't fully comprehending. Uh, One commentator said they were like flashlights without the batteries in them. And so, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of of the Lord Jesus and when Paul had laid his hands upon them the holy ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied and all the men were about 12 so the more Paul spoke with them the more he became convinced something's missing here their testimony uh, wasn't exactly right. Have you ever noticed that when you go out soul winning and you talk to somebody and they, they say some of the right things, but there's just something about their salvation experience or their testimony of it that just doesn't add up. It just doesn't ring the bell. It just doesn't seem quite adequate. Uh, it's just not quite right. Like, the, for example, I've always been saved. Or I, I, I I got saved when I was five, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I've never been back to church and I'm not sure exactly what happened. Some things like that, it just wasn't adding up. All right. So they were honest men, good men, moral men, but they don't have this complete understanding. So they were convinced that what Paul is saying is correct. And when Paul asked them the question, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They confess, We don't even know what you're talking about. What's the Holy Spirit? So Paul preaches to them the gospel and it says they believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and after they believe that they are baptized. So Paul took them And he baptized them. And so, in Paul's opinion, their prior baptism was meaningless because they're supposed to get baptized after they believe the gospel, right? Baptism follows conversion. So, these men are doing the best they can with what they have, but they didn't know the full revelation of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And so, now that they put their faith in what Paul has preached, he takes them and he baptizes them. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit of God came upon them and they speak with tongues. Now, remember, the book of Acts is a transitional period, it's a Record of church history in days where the church did not have a completed Bible and God used signs and wonders to authenticate the apostles' message, also to convince those who would uh, hear the message the apostles were of God, and so these things would follow, and they were really assigned to the Jews to help them to understand and believe And so this takes place. That doesn't happen anymore, but it happened then to confirm that they had now been born again, that what Paul had preached to them was true. It also convinced the Apostle Paul that they had gotten the package, if you will, that they had believed and that they were genuinely saved. All right, so the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Now, remember, tongues in the Bible, foreign languages. They're not speaking in some unknown language to the world, just a language maybe that they didn't know, a language they had not previously had the ability to speak, all right? Now they're speaking it. So they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you read the text, baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I think probably it refers to uh, baptism into the body of Christ, right? One faith, one Lord, one baptism, right? So If Paul could do this, think about it. Paul's baptizing these men who've already been baptized into John's baptism. He's baptizing them again. So it shows us, listen, we do this in our church sometimes. If somebody has been baptized before in another place, but it wasn't, it wasn't the right mode and it wasn't in the right order we rebaptized those people baptist people throughout history have been accused of that anabaptist and such but baptism follows salvation it follows conversion so we find that example here and we find the, uh, the the right to do that in this passage well that's all the time we have for today time got away from me sorry about that we'll join in next broadcast in the chapter uh, 19 verse number eight until then pray with me for revival Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.